This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Matt Joswiak, founder of Rethink Food in New York City. Rethink produces meals for the hungry with unused restaurant ingredients. And during the pandemic, they've scaled their operation in remarkable ways, more than doubling their previous output. Partnering with Eleven Madison Park, La Mirada, Ghetto Gastro, and many more, Rethink has facilitated the making and donating of more than 600,000 meals since March. As Matt tells me, they're only just getting started, bringing vital capital to restaurants who need it most and feeding communities in need in a number of new cities. We're back Wednesday with an all-new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Matt. You guys have been feeding lots of people, hundreds of thousands of people, maybe over a million people by this point. I want to go back, though, and get a sense of of the Rethink origin story. You and your co-founder, Winston Chu. When did this start for you, and how did you guys partner up w- with the decision to uh, you know, move away from what you guys were doing in restaurants and get on board with feeding a wider audience? You know, I had worked in fine dining for a really long time, like in France and like I was at Noma for a little bit. And, you know, I really just was always kind of disappointed with the culture in restaurants. So, you know, in like 2016, no, 2014, um, you know, I was just like, I was really focusing all my energy in Chicago on being like the best manager I could, like the best sous chef, chef de cuisine, because I thought like I could be a good you know, I, you know, all cooks don't do drugs and are million tattoos and are all like, you know, just awful, you know, like cooks are really uh, smart, passionate people, but they, they normally don't get the respect they do and definitely not the respect that they get in France. So I've tried to put forth some effort to do that. Um, I realized it kind of wasn't enough. Ended up moving to New York to uh, start something where we taught kids how to cook and my part, uh, like the the founder of that wanted to take it for profit. I didn't think, I think the 501c3 is a great vehicle for really anything. So I just started working at EMP because I was working at the Nomad and I was like, well, if I'm going to do, if I don't really know what I'm going to do, I should probably just get some great restaurant, you know, work at another great restaurant and keep learning and improving my culinary schools. And um, then I decided, you know, I kind of got frustrated with this space in the nonprofit space. And I said, like, what's the most practical thing that I can do? Like the absolute most practical kind of thing that I can do. So I went and I private chefed for like a year or two, year, year and a half. And I just saved all of my money and I put it in a bank account. And, um, you know, just was like, I'll just take the extra food. I'll make meals and I'll give it away. Like, that's what I'll do. You know, it'll be really, really simple. And so like kind of through the process of looking for a kitchen, somebody introduced me to Winston and, you know, I had the 501c3, the logo, the website, like we were totally ready to go, but I just like the missing piece was the kitchen. And as you know, Winston always says some like crazy, (laughs) he's, he's Chinese and he says like some crazy white boy came up to me and said he wanted to solve hunger. And he was like, well, let him give it a shot. So he gave me a bench that I could use, uh, for my pilot for free. And, um, you know, I just kind of like stayed inside of his catering kitchen and slowly but surely like, you know, chipped away at him until he he committed to, you know, joining the fight and being a bigger part of everything. And from that then on, 
um, he's really been like an instrumental person in making sure that uh, things go right. This was the startup he has, or you know, started in 2014 called Bone Bite. Yeah, so he had a Bone Bite. Yeah, so he had a uh, catering company, you know, that was doing really well, and uh, you know, yeah, he just had space in his kitchen, and he let me use it. And Winston's also a partner at at, at Little Tong as well. That's correct. When the pandemic started, did you realize right away that this was going to be how you guys really developed your identity as an organization and really got your name out there on on a broader basis? I, I know you guys have been around for a couple of years already, but it, it seemed like this time was a calling, if ever. Yeah. Totally. So like the battle that we've been fighting for the last two or three years has been like, there's two separate food systems really in, in out there. And like one is the for-profit system, which we know so well. And there's kind of like a mirroring system in the nonprofit, like, you know, purveyors, food banks, uh, you know, community service organizations or restaurants, like it's the same thing. And they've always just been doing more or less the same thing, but like, you know, 10 feet apart. And kind of living in this world where everybody thought it was illegal to donate your food. So every other industry has innovated around donations, right? Like Goodwill, dollar stores, like they're all connected to like the Gap and like all these other organizations. Like they've figured out how to move product through the system so that they either get a tax deduction or somebody can buy it. They can buy their unused stuff. But in food, uh, especially at the restaurant level, it's never really been utilized because people thought it was illegal or there was liability or something to do your food. So what we saw was like, this is great because now we can, all the restaurants are, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity to like really teach restaurants about how you can really do great stuff for the community and be compensated for it. And there's a reward there. And since we were the only client, the only person that was like buying business from, from restaurants, um, it really was a great opportunity to kind of interact with a lot of restaurateurs, a lot of, a lot of chefs. And what we found was, is that they've all wanted to kind of do something like this all along. How is the model different from City Harvest, which also, you know, kind of gathers abundance, uh, abundant and extra food? Uh, they just deal in whole product. So City Harvest gets a bunch of food um, and then they, uh, they just drop off um, you know, like six cases of squash, two cases of pears, a case of eggs. And it's super helpful. And like the way that most of the food gets through the system is through them and the food bank. But a lot of the community service organizations then have to supplement and go out and buy products. So basically we're caterers and they're fresh direct, if you want to put it in that way. Got it. How did you develop your plan for COVID-19? Uh, one of our board members is in London, Vaughn, Vaughn Tan, I think you might know him, but uh, he's kind of in the space. He, um, he, you know, called me one night and was like, Matt, you're going to be Italy in three weeks. And this is still like when people were pretty chill, like people, like people weren't really buying it there for a while, you know? And he called me and he was like, you need to like get, you know, like you need to get it together and like figure out a strategic plan. And so we were, we have a, we have a restaurant called the Rethink Cafe in Brooklyn and we were just going to open up like 30 Rethink Cafes, like really, really quickly, um, as distribution sites. And he said like, you should basically just utilize the existing infrastructure and contract these restaurants, keep the same people employed, keep the same teams involved, um, utilize the product that's already in house. Vaughn wrote a book called the uncertainty mindset, right? Yeah. And he has a, a blog. 
It's an interesting book, uh, you know, <laughs> for these times. So when did the first cafe open? Uh, the first cafe opened, we actually opened it in COVID. Right, um, in March, right? Yeah. Right, right, right as it was ramping up. Yeah. Um, and then you reached out and, and you have all these partners now. So you're partners with 11 Medicine Park. You have a partnership with Ghetto Gastro. You have a brewery partnership where I think, a, you know, a beer is being brewed and the profits are, are going back into your organization. How important is collaboration to what you're doing and, and uh, growing Rethink? Oh, it's key. And, and the Evil Twin project was that, that actually already happened twice. It was super successful. And um it's the whole thing, man. Like we, we just kind of like to do what we do and like, we're big listeners. Like, you know, um, when it comes to the collaboration with 11 Madison park, it's like, you know, like, what do you want to do? How do you feel about it? How many meals do you think you can produce? Like get, like they need to have, uh, ownership. And then Daniel whom is now the, the chef of rethink food. He's been a board member all along because, you know, I've known him for a long time, but he, um, you know, like it's, it's all about listening to, to what he wants to do. And John, who, you know, we met, I've known John for a while, but like I interacted with him most recently through this is because I was like throwing some shade on, like throwing some shade on Instagram. On Gastronomical and, uh, Cribs. I know he told me he was on the show, show recently. Yeah. And it was just like, it was so funny, not funny, but like we were, we were on a call. Winston and I were on a call listen we wanted to hear the impact of what the what happened when we gave restaurant owners and chefs like the first check to make food because we pay for four weeks ahead of time and um, they were like one of the chefs that we had <clears throat> sponsored uh, in a tiny little restaurant was like crying because he was like I now I can take care of my kid I like didn't know what I was gonna do I don't have any family in the area I don't have a car I can't fly anywhere and like was like breaking down and then Winston comes up and he's like he's like look at John on Instagram <laughs> like John's in like a robe in the Cayman Islands what other restaurants are you partnering with I mean I think everybody knows about 11 Madison Park but it's interesting for me to hear that there are these smaller mom and pop establishments that are um, you know benefiting from your partnerships yeah it, you know it's interesting you know it's it's one of the big problems with philanthropy in general is like you got to do the show stoppers to to get the word out and if I would have just done mom and pop restaurants, I don't think anybody would have written about it or even cared about it. Mm -hmm. Just a, kind of the sad truth. But uh, so we did, um, most of our restaurants are just tiny little restaurants. A lot of them are in Chinatown um, because we, we have a pretty huge initiative in, uh, in Chinatown. And then um, like we did a uh, uh, collective fair in, in Brooklyn. Uh, KDO's is a soul food restaurant in Brownsville. La Mirada uh, is actually our highest uh, meal producing restaurant. It's the where we've given our most support. Um, and they're just like a little Mexican restaurant uh, in the Bronx. But we really focus on, you know, our, our job is to share equity. So like what we're trying to do is like get capital and business into, you know, certain neighborhoods that, that, that really, really need it. You know, we do EMP because we want to set an example and we also want to kind of spread the love and show that people can do things and that it's possible and kind of get people to entertain the idea of philanthropy in their everyday lives. But, um, you know, the real impact is made through smaller restaurants. 
It's funny. I mean, I'm actually much more interested in what you're able to do with with smaller restaurants because I feel like, you know, the big fish have access to capital and they have their partnerships with big credit card companies and financial services providers and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, with this with the smaller restaurants, there isn't a lifeline necessarily. Like they don't have anybody else to call. So I, I think, you know, going into this summer, it's a scary time for these these restaurants. I don't know what restaurants are going to be able to survive this season too. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Like I, you know, <clears throat> like we do some of the bigger restaurants because, but we only do bigger restaurants if we can get individual sponsorship for them. And then they're just like meal productions, like, like EMP's meals go to, uh, go all over Harlem. So they just like crank them out and then they go out up there. And yeah, so we do individual, we basically leverage their ability to get corporate sponsorship to do that and then use that to feed the community. But really, like, if you donate five dollars to rethink, like that five dollars is is going to go to like um, a restaurant. In the we're actually focusing a lot more on the Bronx and starting to hit Staten Island too. Um, and the interesting thing that we found through it is that like people, like KDO has been like catering like her church brunch like for free, like forever. Like so, like she this is not new to her to like bring food to a community center and like to help people out. Like it's in the DNA of some of these mom and pop restaurants. They're just like some of the most like, uh, you know, and we've been working with community organizations for years and there's some of like the most lovely, lovely, lovely people to the, the hardest part of my job has always been working with like the fine dining people, you know, like that's, that's the not so fun stuff. But, um, it's really just giving people a little bit of cash to do what they do. And we're not stopping ever. We've, we're rolling out a program in September, Rethink Certified, that essentially is going to uh, forever and always give mom and pop restaurants about $250,000, $300,000 a year to basically do what they've been doing before, which is help cater community centers. Where's the money coming from? Uh, the money comes from a bunch of different places. Like a lot of it's private philanthropy. A lot of it's government contracts, uh, a lot of it's uh, corporate sponsorships, you know, like Brookfield um, was super generous and helped us sponsor three restaurants uh, in, in low-income neighborhoods. And yeah, it's a mix. I mean, we have Rethink's operations team. We have like 20, 30 people on staff in the office is just divided between people who can get capital from governments, get capital from philanthropy and get capital through corporations. And where does the funding come from to keep them on staff? Uh, that is, you know, they kind of pay their own way. So they raise money. It pays for them, their job. Oh, and, and interesting. Then take, and then we take the money and we, you know, get it out to where it needs to go. That's really interesting. Is is Rethink where you wanted it to be two years ago when you started it? Is it leaps and bounds beyond what you thought you could achieve? How are you feeling about, you know, the um, the output and the, and the work that the organization's doing? I mean, you know, to be honest, like I, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I'm really blessed to have just like the most amazing group of people that work there. And I'm not, I'm not like the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm kind of like a B minus <laughs> student, you know, like, so I never, so to be totally transparent, I never really expected, um, you know, I thought that it was going to do well because it was a simple and a practical idea that like it was needed. And I think it was going to do okay in New York and it was going to serve its purpose. And then I kind of thought that other people would take the idea and, you know, make it better. And, um, but I've just been so blessed with like, 
the people that work at Rethink, you know, Winston, Elijah, Sam, Kathleen, Meg, like they're just, they, they, uh, they really drive it. You know, they're really the, the, the people that make it, make it work. If you have time, you should watch the vice munchies thing on Elijah, our truck driver. He's like, just like the truck trucking manager. And he, like he got food through protests in some of the hardest times during COVID. Like he is like, it, it's amazing. So I guess to answer your question, no, I didn't think it was going to get this big. And I didn't think that um, I'm, I've just been very, I'm just grateful for the people that are there. And how's your output going to continue through the summer? I mean, you know, I'm looking at restaurants like, you know, uh, EMP, it's making like 1500 meals a day and, and has been, is that going to continue? Are you finding in New York city that the need for food is the same as it was at the height of COVID? Yeah. I mean, food, into, I mean, it's less than it was. I mean, it was really, really bad, man. Like it was, it was really you know, during that time, especially when I was texting John, like, I don't know if people realize this, but like, there were soup kitchens closing left and right. So there were people like congregating, like lines out the block in front of a in front of a community center that had no intention of opening. And, you know, we would try to like, go there and we got food trucks open. And like, we did all this stuff. And it was just like, it was the scariest, most depressing time of my entire life. It was truly heartbreaking. And so restaurants, as they kind of ramp up a little bit, they're going to do less meals, but we're going to just do more restaurants. So Rethink Certified Restaurants will produce about 200 meals a day, and it'll give them like a little cash to, to make it happen. And then we handle transportation, rating, in-kind donations, all the tax exemption stuff on our end. Do you feel like you're still learning as you go, or do you feel like you have a solid grasp on what you're doing by this point? Oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> to be like totally honest no i know what i uh you know more or less understand but like my job i see is to just to be continually learning continually growing like i spend a lot like my my job is to listen and to listen to as many intelligent people as i can and i've been we have an amazing board of directors we have an amazing advisory board our associate board is probably it's just um, just great it's it's more or less a junior board and just brilliant people that I've been lucky enough to be surrounded by that, you know, I learn stuff every single day. And, um, but we just kind of, we keep the vision, we keep the vision clear and crisp, and then we kind of make it happen whatever way we need to. How does the restaurant become a rethink certified restaurant? So in about a month, we should have it all the way done. The new website, the back end, the partnership with the transportation agency. And thanks to Deloitte, they built us a, uh, there's an application on our current website right now. You fill out what you have, it's about 30 questions, and it'll put it into a matrix that will give us, whether you're a great restaurant, it's based off of proximity to community centers and capacity and strategic partnerships. Um, yep, so just go to Rethink Food, NYC. Tell me about some of the community centers that are receiving meals from Rethink Restaurants right now. Well, it was, it's, that's been really cool too, because, you know, one, a couple of them, we had to like stand up. Like we did this thing with, um, with the greater Harlem chamber of commerce. We're, we're members of it. And Lloyd Williams, who's like, a just like the man. And he, uh, he, we basically, uh, in United Salem Methodist church, you know, built out like the kitchen and the, uh, you know, not built out the kitchen, but like built out a program there where we can distribute uh, 1,500 meals a day to get them rocking and like make sure that they get feedback and everything's there. And, but most of our community partners, like Neighbors Together and 
um, North Brooklyn Angels. They've been our partners forever. They've just increased the amount of meals that they can take. And uh, we've just been using them. And where are you finding yourself on a daily basis? What kind of work is, is occupying you the most? Um, I spend my day, you know, like I, we have 30 some odd operational staff. So I make it a point to go in there. Um, I'm on dog duty day, but like, you know, like at least four days a week, I'm in the office and just trying to be right there side and eating family meals six feet away from them and to be kind of like a support figure. Um, definitely taking a lot of like late night calls from staff talking to you about how they think the world's ending. But, uh, you know, trying to be a support figure, trying to be a leader, and then um, focusing on growth and recruitment has been really what I'm trying to do. We're hiring like crazy. So we're looking for super talented people to come help us fight the fight. I saw on your blog, you know, an article uh, that's a, a case for defunding the NYPD, and it's written through the lens of food justice. I thought it was really interesting. You talk about, you know, the amounts of money that the you know police department get and how similar amounts of money would benefit citizens in New York City who don't eat um, by making meals more available. Could you talk to me about that a bit? Yeah, totally. I mean, like coming from restaurants, you know, like especially restaurants, like, like I, I realized that, you know, it just doesn't have to be that hard, you know, like, like hangry is a real thing, you know, like when I was a cook, I didn't have any money, so I couldn't eat. And I kind of, I can't say that I fully understand or fully identify obviously, but you know, I, I definitely went through a couple times in my life where, where money was super tight. And, you know, all of this stuff goes back to like access to good food. And it really, you, you give a restaurant in the neighborhood some dietary restrictions and a little bit of money to actually do it and then get it out through a neighborhood association. It's just like, it's a community love making machine, you know, like it just constantly grows and it really doesn't require that much effort except for a financial commitment from a government and if you had people that you know and if the communities had people with um and all communities not you know just even even community you know we're like williamsburg and wherever like if everybody um and the reason we have the rethink cafe is like the low cost meals like we eventually we're obviously not now but competing with mcdonald's to give people kind of the third option for a nutritious meal. If we had that just available through a couple of different venues, of like here, you know, are a couple options, super tasty, totally nutritious, like the mood goes up, like everything goes up. You know, food is like, like John said, food's a weapon. Like we can really use food to like bring people together and, and do a lot. And then when we talk about prepared food, time well, is the most important thing because time is like the the biggest asset that really anybody has. Do you see expanding beyond New York? Yeah, we're actually very quietly in Nashville right now. Mm. Um, we're buying large uh, amounts of products from farmers and going through Sean Brock's restaurants and a couple mm -hmm. other restaurants in the area. And then we're uh, launching in San Francisco with uh, a really amazing chef, um, Dominique Kren. And then um, <clears throat> we're doing a small pilot in uh, uh, New Orleans. And um, we're hopefully, it's still kind of up in the air, but we're, we're definitely, we're funded to, to open in Chicago. So the answer is, is emphatically yes. Yeah, we're going, man. We're, we're going, we, we see this amazing opportunity to make a more equitable food system and to kind of like fix like 
the sustainability issues, the food quality issues, like all of these things that we've been that plagued our restaurant industry. And we're going big. Will the racial justice issues become more of a part of the Rethink platform now that they're so much on the surface right now and, and such a big part of the news cycle? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, John, like I said, back to listing, like John has really helped me with that. Like, I don't know. I'm like a white kid, you know, like I'm a white guy from Wisconsin. You know, I've never, I've been really lucky to never be in a place where, um, you know, I was confronted with any of those issues. And, and so I really, you know, um, I really lean on John to, to ask the stupid questions and to be honest with like how I feel around guilt and white savior and like all of those things. I try to be very transparent with him. So it's really up to him um, because he's super involved in rethink and, and he's definitely in my steering committee. So if he feels like, it's a vehicle for, for, for him to do that. Then I'm like, right. I'm then great. But if not, then no. So he was, uh, putting in the time in that robe in, in the Cayman islands. Well, now he is like, we did the, we did the big food truck project and then we did La Mirada and we're doing all this other stuff. And like, he's just been like such a thoughtful friend, you know, like even just like stupid shit, man. Like sometimes I don't understand, like I'm a, I'm a nerdy white kid. And like, I just like don't understand like a lot of stuff. So he's just been a, a great thought partner. And I'm just super grateful that, you know, he's, he's been there for me. Yeah. I mean, if ever there was a time to understand it, it is now. Yeah, it is, it is. It is critical. Um, our show is called takeaway only. What's your big takeaway from running rethink through the last several months? That there is a practical and almost easy solution that we can use to create a beautiful, all inclusive, uh, food system that benefits everybody. Amazing. Matt, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time and admire your work. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That was Matt Joswiak. You can follow Rethink Food on Instagram at rethinkfood.nyc and you can learn more at www.rethinkfood.nyc. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Freetime Media. Our logo is by Reynald Philippe at Beeples. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and to the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community-building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back Wednesday. This is Takeaway Only.